This, this is the Second Second Story Podcast. Welcome back to the Second Story Podcast. I'm Max Spitz. For performers, the audition process can sometimes create strange relationships. Actors are essentially pitted against each other in the same environment where they may end up collaborating. In college, I developed whole rivalries with classmates who I had never actually met, all because they were called back for the same roles I was time and again, even if neither of us got cast. In this week's story, teller Darren Myers shares one such rivalry of his own and the moment of danger that cut through their strife. Recorded live at Haymarket Pub and Brewery in Chicago in June, 2023, Second Story is proud to present From Another. When I was 18, I moved here to Chicago to attend college. The city has seen three mayors since then. In school, I majored in theater. I had a lot of talented professors. They helped me respect, understand, and love the craft. However, By the time I made it to my senior year, I was tired of all of them. (laughs) I was so done with sitting in classrooms. My attitude was like, these folks got nothing left to teach me. I was fearless. Throughout that year, my dean had been sending me out on auditions, like plays, commercials, and voiceovers. Now, most actors in this city know each other usually because they've worked together or they run into each other at auditions. There was one dude I kept running into, especially if the role was description was for a black male. This young brother's name was Calvin. Most of the auditions we were at usually came down to me or him. Sometimes he got the part, sometimes I did. Now, Calvin was three years older than me. He graduated from a school just down the street from mine. We didn't know each other until we started competing for work. I believe we got called into a lot of the same auditions because we had a similar look. We were both slender. We rocked the same low-cut fade haircut. He had a lighter skin complexion than me, but We both had a very akin look or akin bone structure in our faces. We were not friends. (laughs) The way we saw it was, this guy's taking money from me. Whenever we saw one another, it was just a simple head nod of acknowledgement, nothing more, until we finally did work together in a production. The play was, a raisin in the sun. Originally, I was asked to come and help out with the rehearsal. I showed up and Calvin is the lead, Walter Lee. You gotta be kidding me. (laughs) They still needed to cast other characters. After the first rehearsal, I was in the show. It just really wasn't clear exactly who I was gonna play. It was fun though. For like three months of rehearsals, I got to juggle three different characters. Asagai, George, and Bobo. (laughs) 
Calvin had to stay Walter Lee the whole time. <laughs> no. I hated being on stage with that guy. Our acting styles couldn't have been more opposite. He was like Adolf Caesar in that movie, A Soldier's Story, just aggressive and in your face with it. Well, I was trying to be more like Billy D. Williams and <laughs> Lady Sings the Blues, just calm and cool with it. Now, when other actors became available, before they were cast, the director told me I could choose any of the three characters that I played throughout rehearsal. I surprised and confused everyone when I chose to play to be Bobo. Now, Bobo has some of the fewest lines in the play. I had to play him for two reasons. One, he is the climax of that entire play. He comes in toward the end and he tells them that all their inheritance money is gone. Number two, that means I get to give Calvin, I mean, Walter Lee, some bad news every night. The show finally ended. I thought to myself, hopefully I won't ever have to see this guy again. Three days later, I had an audition. It was at a theater I really wanted on my resume. When I get off the train to go to the theater, who do I see about 30 feet in front of me, also in their Sunday best? It's Calvin. We greeted each other with a sup. We both knew where the other was headed. He told me his audition time slot was at 10.20 a.m. Mine was at 10.30. Now, as we walked up the stairs to get to the street level, we noticed someone seemed to be lingering behind and sort of following us. We got to the top of the stairs. The guy was still behind us. We both turned around. We were like, hey, my man, you all right? Calvin goes, you need some change or something? The guy mumbled something to us like, yes, please, anything you can spare, bless you. Calvin gave him a dollar, so did I. The guy turned and walked away. Now, there was a popular bookstore across the street from the theater. We had 45 minutes to burn, and neither one of us wanted to be sitting in a, in a lobby with a bunch of other actors just watching them warm up and pace. We did just tolerate each other for a few months as an ensemble in a classic piece of theater. That's why we went in there together. Now, after about 25 minutes, we left. Calvin was walking just a few steps in front of me. Now, there was a utility box on the corner. Calvin stopped abruptly when he got to the other side of the box. I saw him hand over his phone and his wallet. I was like, what are you doing? I looked to see what was on the other side of that box. It was the same guy that was following us out the train station. And he was holding a revolver. He had it pointed right at Calvin's face. When I stepped into his line of vision, he pointed it at me. I completely froze. I guess the guy yelled at me a few times. I only heard him once. I said, give me your shit. 
I said, sir, I can't move. He stepped really close to me. I felt his hand on the back of my neck. He gripped the collar of my suit jacket and yanked downward, ripping it off me in a swift motion. The guy turned and ran away. We saw him climb over a brick wall and disappear. Me and Calvin just stood there in disbelief. He then proceeded to have a meltdown, talking about, man, you almost just got us both shot. I patted my pants pockets and I realized that I still had everything. That guy ran off with my suit jacket. The only thing I kept in those pockets was breath mints. <laughs> I pulled out my phone and dialed 911. A few minutes later, five cop cars pulled up. We told them what happened and the direction the guy headed. An officer opened the back door to a squad car and told us both to get in. I had never been in the back of a police car before. Calvin looked shook too. We rode around for a while looking for the guy in the area. Didn't find him. The officer told us we would be free to go on our way after he finished typing up his report. I pointed to where and told him where we were scheduled to be. So we rode into the theater parking lot with us sitting where criminals sit. There were actors walking in and out of the building. They all just looked at us. Now, the messed up part is that we both just closed the show three days prior. There were actors we both knew and had worked with walking past that car. No one came up to the car to see what was wrong. They all just looked at us, shook their heads, and kept walking. We finally got inside the theater lobby. All the other actors that were there waiting, they moved across the room away from us. The casting director moved us to the front of the line. They wanted us out of there. She goes, Calvin, you're next after whoever comes out of that door. Darren, you're after him. We sat across from one another. I remember just looking around that crowded room and thinking to myself, I almost just lost my life about an hour ago, and no one here cares. I began to have my own little meltdown. I felt a tap on my shoulder. I looked up. I could see Calvin leaning forward, and he had his fist extended toward me. He goes, hey, hit that shit real hard. He punched my fist. He goes, Let's go in there. Let's get our dignity back. The door opened. An actor came out. Calvin walked in. The door shut. Ten minutes later, I went in. The director goes, so you got a monologue you want to do for us? I did a piece by the late Ossie Davis. I started it like, if this report is true, it seems to me that the world as I know it is constantly being divided by the haves and the have-nots. It did not come out the way I rehearsed it. I wasn't trying to be cool. I didn't care if they liked me or not. I walked out the theater. Calvin was waiting for me on the steps. I said, 
you want to get a beer, bro? He goes, for sure. I learned a lot that day. I walked into an audition with a rival. I left with a brother. This story was performed as part of Second Story's Point of View project at our 2023 Black Joy Show, created by a team of Black artists. The story was produced by Stacey Saunders, curated by Sheree L. Greer, and directed by Elisa Duncan, with music and sound design by Andrew Littleton. The Second Story podcast is produced by Max Spitz. To be the first to hear about updates and new episodes, sign up for our podcast listserv at 2ndstory.com backslash podcast, or subscribe to the Second Story podcast on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Second Story is located in the traditional homelands of the Council of the Three Fires, the Odawa, Ojibwe, and Potawatomi Nations. Our programming is made possible by the Arts Work Fund, Walter Foundation, MacArthur Fund for Arts and Culture at the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, Paul M. Angel Family Foundation, Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, Illinois Arts Council Agency, the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, Innovation 80, the Lupo Family, Eric Rothstein and Gina Wamek, Athene Karras and Thomas Applegate, James Lupo, Jessica Wetmore, Hannah and George Stowe, and many generous individuals like you. I'm Max Spitz, and this, this is, is the Second, Second Story Podcast.